0: Don't you know that you're a lot no no if you Hello again, Gen X Grown-Up Podcast listeners. Welcome. This is episode 10 of the GXG Podcast. I am joined, as always, by Mo. Hey, everybody. And George, are you there? George. George. Where's George? Oh, George. Uh, George is on vacation, Remember? Oh, he gets vacation? Yeah. We can't have an empty chair, though. That's not going
1: to work out for me. No, because me, you talking, is just boring. No, I, I don't want to talk to you for that long,
0: frankly. <laughs> I have good news. I've actually arranged for a guest podcast host to fill the seat. Mo, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Who is it? Let's pull George's chair out here. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing MC Murr to the podcast. Woo! Murr, how's it going? Greetings, everybody. <laughs> Honored to be here. I am stoked to have MC Murr on the show. This is really cool. So if you are one of the unfortunate few who have never been introduced to MC Murr, he is a fantastic YouTube creator. We have talked about a little bit on the channel. We have had some back and forth. He does some amazing content. He is oh, yeah. also huge into retro gaming, current gaming. It
1: seems like he fits right into what we talk about, huh?
0: He would actually say we fit right into what he talks that's about. True. That's true, that's true. He was here you. before us. So, Mert, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to sit in with us. I am glad to be here, and thank you for having me. So, I want to talk a little bit first for those who don't know you. Uh, I've had the opportunity to kind of uh, chit-chat a little bit. We started with... Uh, some comments on our videos and started back and forth, some messages, some emails, a text. And I want for those who haven't met you to hear a little bit about your YouTube channel and the model. How'd you get into being a YouTube creator and what is it
2: that you do? I know, you tell them. Well, of course, I've been gaming since the early 80s, and since this Woo-hoo. big YouTube <laughs> phenomena where you've got all these game collectors coming out of the woodwork. I mean, first of all, I didn't know there were other people like me that did this and had rooms full of games stacked to the ceiling. I thought I had a, <laughs> a mental disorder. But it turns out it's a pretty big thing. Well, let's not rule that out. And, and I won't, <laughs> I won't, because it, one doesn't prove the other wrong, that's for sure. But looking at all of that, I just thought to myself... I've got a lot I could probably share with people, you know, a wealth of useless information, but that may be otherwise (laughs) deemed important or entertaining. I just never really had the technology to move forward with it, didn't know where to get started. You know, years went by, and then eventually I started streaming through the PS4, started picking up some of the... uh, The know-how on it one thing led to the other but i'll tell you i did not expect anyone to be even remotely interested in it it was really just for fun i figured i'd have you know six or seven friends subscribe and a horde of trolls coming out from under bridges to let me know how much i suck rocks i wish you got wrong right (laughs) but yeah i mean it's it's actually been really great and we found so many great communities on here and you know the networking it it was a really warm welcome and uh the product itself is getting better quickly over a very short amount of time so something i'm excited about and something we're definitely going to keep doing and we're bringing to the table you know all the finest <laughs> day one reviews, collector's editions, <laughs> unboxings, yard sale findings and scavengings, of course, because I like to pass on the hope that other people can go right out there and do this same thing and completely finance this horribly expensive habit in a way that's yeah. fun and exciting. <laughs> we've had a, we've had a lot of interest in it and I'm having a blast doing it so you know yes. and it and it shows one of the things that yeah. you see a lot of
0: uh, youtube creators do is like yeah they're cranking out stuff but it's almost like are you getting anything out of this, buddy? Because they just seem so flat, and mm-hmm. your
1: personality yeah. comes right through in the stuff. That oh you yeah, did. you can definitely tell you're just like so into the stuff that you're getting. You know, that's like just I think that makes it enjoyable. Yeah.
2: Well, a lot of these guys they they get on these bandwagons and they're just looking for the next thing that IGN or Kotaku says, and then they go right on there and ask open ended question type clickbait video titles, <laughs> <Yeah>. and just <laughs> you can tell it's like, you, dude, you're not even really interested in this. You know, you're just going on here hoping a bunch of people are going to view this. Because it's the buzzword of the day or whatever, and that's fine. Get your money. Yeah. Do it how get you know get it how you got to get it. But if I'm bringing it to you, I feel it's important. It's something I believe in, or it's something I'm excited about, or it's just something I think you might need to know about. Like our, you know, snafu with the Power A controllers, where everybody was singing their praises. Yep. Perfect example, yep. you know. Oh, this says Mario on it. It's great. No, it's not. It's a piece <laughs> of trash. It's not going to last three months. So let me come on here and let you know about that absolutely perfect example of that so yeah i think some of these people get to where it's it is a job and that's fine but i think once you get to that level you probably could mellow out and have as much fun with it as we do and still maintain your level i mean or maybe not maybe i'm wrong about that but it just seems to me that if you can grow at the level that we're at and what we're doing then that can occur at any level, because it's good stuff in general.
0: Couldn't agree more. That is what I think makes you a great fit to sit in George's chair for this show. Keep it warm for him. And I think it's time to jump on in.
2: If you like bubble gum, you'll love
1: Bubblelicious, Free and cookie crisp. It's the ultimate bubble in strawberry, raspberry, and new chocolate mint. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, actually, I've been watching uh, some pretty interesting shows. But anybody else have anything that's been going on lately as far as... Well, uh, so
0: before we get into your show, Mo.
1: Oh, There's one oh. thing
0: we've got to touch on. <laughs> okay, probably the biggest media event being oh, yeah. taking
1: place here in the last few days. Oh, it's it's um, was it Skyline Two? Right?
0: No, 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 not Skyline Two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the, the Last Jedi came out. Oh,
0: oh, that one. Yeah. But I'm not gonna talk about spoilers. Yeah, yeah. What I do want to talk about briefly, I mean, the world of media as it pertains to this, is based on the experience that I had seeing Jedi. I was sitting right next to a guy, a guy I didn't know, crowded theater, and I'm sitting here. And he's one of these... The Last Jedi has been getting kind of like mixed reviews from the fans, right? And this is the problem I have with like some fandom that's irritating. The Last Jedi has a lot of humor in it. Not like too much, just the right amount of humor. Just, you know, stuff to kind of break up the tension. Every time the mildest little amusing thing happened, or maybe even anything happened this guy didn't like sitting next to me, I just hear... (sighs) (laughs)
1: <sighs> <laughs> oh, man.
0: And I, after a while, I'm looking at him because really every couple of minutes, he's <sighs> he's so upset about what have they done to my Star Wars? Yeah. And <laughs> a similar thing has kind of happened like with Discovery, the Star Trek series. Oh, yeah. I feel like these longtime fans feel you should feel invested. You should feel an ownership, but it doesn't belong to you. Go along for the ride. I don't discount your opinions, but this guy was so entitled that,
1: oh, that's the incorrect Star Wars approach or something. I had the feeling that I got off of him. It actually made it less enjoyable for me. John, I mean, I know you were big into the Star Trek. There had to be a lot of those types of people with that as well, right? Oh, there still are with Discovery. There's a guy I have on Facebook who's will
0: not stop trashing it. And I think he stopped watching it, frankly. But he just loves trashing it because it's it's not
2: the correct Star Trek. Well, there's a certain level of humor they're going to inject into those things because we got to remember, at its core, these were not rated R movies originally marketed no. at adults, you know. But now these <laughs> the fans of these movies are adults. They almost take it to that level of seriousness, and they want that. They want it to almost feel rated R. They want to see arms lopped off with lightsabers and maybe an <laughs> F bomb here and there. And you're not going to get that, obviously. So since it's for all audiences, you're going to get a little of that, but it can be overdone. So I'm not saying I don't hear the guy a little bit, but you know, mm-hmm. if he's sighing hard enough to blow trees over, he could probably scale it <laughs> back a little bit. But I, I, I understand somewhat. I get it. Yeah, sure.
0: I mean, I don't discount that it's not exactly what you expected. I get the feeling that they've entrenched themselves into what they believe this fandom should be for them. And when creative people that have been put at the helm don't steer it in the right direction, you know, will, th- will their size somehow blow it back in his trench? I mean, what does he think? Yeah. Listener, if you have not yet seen The Last Jedi, and if you are one of these entrenched people about Star Wars, take a breather. I think... Because I'm not a big Star Wars nerd. When you do see it, try to see it with some fresh eyes. Because it's kind of a different direction. And I kind of liked that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So enough about me ranting about nothing to do with <laughs> Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, Mo, you said you were watching something else. What did you have?
1: Actually, there's a series on Netflix called Mindhunter. Have you guys caught this one yet? I have not. Mind? Hunter. It's definitely a good binge-watch kind of show, but it takes place in the late 70s, 1970s. And it's the two FBI agents... And it's, it's somewhat fictionalized, but based on truth, that um, started the whole uh, serial killer division there. I
0: think you're watching X-Files repeats. The no, two no, no. FBI agents. and they're, Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, but, X-Files, you know, right? But
1: there's no aliens involved in this one. It's just serial killers. Oh, OK. <laughs> right. So that was what makes it interesting. And they're basically trying, one guy's like trying to change things the way the FBI does it, because he's like, they didn't even have a term, serial killer, didn't even exist yet. Oh, OK. Well, we're trying to get these multiple homicides <laughs> you know, solved, and right. he wants to actually interview the people who have been caught and try to figure out what drives them and what they're thinking about.
0: Oh, so this is kind of like the origin of like profiling and yeah, like, exactly. studying all of that.
1: Oh, Hence hmm. <laughs> the mind hunter. They're how their mind works, right? So ah. and so they, you know, he starts interviewing some like people who most of them like gave themselves up, just trying to like, figure out what makes them tick. Hmm. And so it's it's interesting, and you can also see how talking with all these people and seeing all these crimes like it's affecting the two main agents it's getting pretty heavy but it's a a really it's an interesting show for me anyway so how long is it how long has it been out how many episodes Uh, it just came out they have 12 episodes out right now and they got picked up for a second season
0: oh so it's episodic it's gonna keep going yeah it's gonna keep going sounds intriguing something to check out when you're reaching for the stars there's always something new awesome space creations from Legoland and you you can collect 19 space sets 8 sold
1: separately
2: So we all love gadgets, toys, and tech, things of Mm -hmm. that nature, so let's delve into that just a little bit. Uh, I
0: believe you have something for us, John? I sure do. Referencing back to the fact that poor George isn't with us, but when he was visiting a few weeks ago, there was a (laughs) toy convention, Toy Collector's Convention here, and I got a hold of something that I have been wanting for a long time. Actually, I was wanting it all the way back when uh, one of my friends in middle school had one, and I didn't, and I was jealous. And I got a hold of one of those cool little Coleco tabletop Donkey Kong games. Remember oh, those? That's oh, Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was a crapshoot because he's like, I think it worked, but I don't have any batteries.
2: I'm like, You brought this thing to a toy show, (laughs) and you didn't bring batteries. You know somebody buying it is going to want to know if it works. And that's almost an admission that it doesn't at that point. But it's, I mean, come on. I know! Exactly,
1: yeah. That's what I'm thinking, too. I'm like, you're basically telling me you know it doesn't work. In pretty
0: decent shape. The decals are okay. You know, recently, the 8-bit guy did a video where he restored decals for one of those. And I'm torn about whether I'm going to restore it or anything. Because it's not, like, torn up but they're kind of like wrinkled and peeling a little bit. Uh, but I got it for only like 30 bucks, which is pretty decent for those things. They're pretty steep. That's wonderful. Uh, brought it home, threw a couple batteries in, and it worked! Awesome!
1: Holy cow!
2: I'm, I'm Did shocked. you believe Last it? I looked, I am those shocked. were about sixty bucks a hit. I mean, they they really have climbed in, in popularity, and you know, Angry Video Game Nerd's got about ninety of them racked up behind him. So if anyone didn't already know about those, they do he now. Does. But, yeah, I, yeah <laughs> I don't actually have any of those. I would eventually like to get one in my collection, but I've never found anyone that had one that didn't know what they had. You're talking about the little one that it looks like a
1: little tiny cabinet, right? Is that the it way? does. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. is it like? is like eight nine inches tall yeah it's
0: got the little joystick and the buttons and it's a LCD screen Uh, so it's the liquid crystals and so all the game elements are already there they just light up or not no right right frankly it's a bad version of Donkey Kong That's not why you got it. <laughs> that's not, exactly. That's not, I didn't get sure. it. Listen, I can play Donkey Kong already. I've got that covered. <laughs> this is just, it's it's a piece of childhood that I knew the kids that had these. They have a Pac-Man and a Frogger and they're pale comparisons to the arcade game that it's mimicking. But it's it's another one of those cool little pieces of, you know, being a grown up Gen Xer that you're like, I finally got one. Absolutely. (laughs) I know
1: that feeling. So you still you said you're on the fence about whether to restore the
0: stickers or not. what what would be your stance on that? It's it's not bad. Yeah, I'm using it as a piece. I'm not going to resell it. Is it blasphemy to restore and make replacement parts for something you're going to keep as a display piece, or should you keep that wrinkled, worn patina?
2: I don't do think, think it's blasphemic in, in any regard, but <laughs> since you're not somebody that's looking to sell it, obviously, you know, the age almost tells, you know, the wear on it tells a story. It, it speaks to its age, and that's almost what gives it character. I mean, obviously, it's old looking at it, but maybe not so obviously because, you know... The average person looks at these things. There's a million of one of these toy companies putting out new stuff similar to that. You saw those little uh, cabinet-looking sure. things they released recently that were all in, you know, Walmart and Toys R Us. Yeah, and, yeah,
0: I did a quick video when I forgot the first three. Those or four are of cool, those are but
2: just an example. Those are obviously not old. What you have obviously is so the wear on it. And you know, speaking as a guy that has very little free time beyond what I already devote to this. It's got to really need fixing and restoration before I'm even going to do it. Like you say, you're not going to play it. You're going to just look at it, love it, and be happy you have it. I mean, if it's me, I I wouldn't touch Mm -hmm. it. I'd probably just let it hang out. I think maybe you've inspired me to let it just just be. just just look old and beaten down like I do. You know, we're we, we knowing each that other. it's never gonna get any worse because <laughs> it's safe in your care now. You know, I got that Tiger Tech Mobile handheld recently with the batteries exploded in it. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I saw that. And they had yeah. exploded in the center, so they hadn't hit the post. I got it out, baking soda, toothbrush, a little bit of a little bit of love, and it's back to normal and this thing is gonna go on to live a happy life right here on my shelf, and I couldn't be happier <laughs> for it. I mean for me I think it's also it depends on what kind of wear it is like if it's wear because
1: people have been using it wear and tear like normal wear and tear then i would say definitely keep it now if it's wear and tear that it's been abused right behind their car or something like that yeah no no it's just yeah that's a different kind of that's like okay maybe i'd fix that one because it just looks like someone just beat the crap out of it it's worn because it's worn
0: that's what it is so leave it original it is decision made done
1: <laughs> cool
2: hey Mr. Moo what do you say
1: fresh moo juice makes my day Moo! it does the body good pass it on milk it does milk it does a body milk it does a body good Moor, I know you know. If you know this or not about us, but we play uh, uh, probably more than our fair share of games in our ample spare time.
2: Have you been playing anything lately? So I have been putting a little bit of time in on Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and I recently got a collector's edition of that, unboxed it on my channel, which was fun. I actually saw that. (laughs) High-quality product, and was really pumped to get into this one, I guess a little bit, because it is on the Switch, and Switch games just have that little bit of spice to them, being such new and fresh technology in our hands. It's kind of the new hotness, isn't it? And, yeah, and obviously we've had Xenoblade on the Wii, we've had Xenoblade on the Wii U, and I have those Xenoblades on those respective systems, and yet I've never touched them. You know, as a guy that procures many strange and wonderful games and things out in the wild, I still don't get enough time to play with all of them. So while I'm very familiar about the series and what it brings, I have not played through them, and I skipped the collector's edition on the last one that was on the Wii U, just because I knew I didn't have time to get to it, and this time I was like, you know, this is on the Switch, we got we got to get in it on the good foot here, we got to get in it right on this one, let's do this one, <laughs> and let's see what this is bringing. I knew it was portable, I knew we had a vacation coming up, you see where I'm going with this. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. So at any rate, picked it up, so far it's, it's pretty neat, it's very unique. It's very story and cutscene heavy. I think that's an important thing to note and obviously fans of the series are probably expecting that. Right. Okay. I hear from a lot of different people sometimes that they get a game and the cutscenes just wear them down <laughs> to the point to where, you know, god, I'm not even playing this <laughs> at this point. I'll go read a book. And it may feel like that. It has that much. That does not bother me. I'm just saying it may bother some people. So
1: um, a question I have for you is like, what drives you to buy a collector's edition versus just a regular game?
2: You know, I don't want to say it's just so I can unbox it on my (laughs) channel, although that is a nice That is a factor. But when it's Nintendo, they usually are bringing the heat. And by that, I mean, you're going to get a big box. You're going to get an art book. You're going to get a Mm. soundtrack and possibly some additional things. But knowing a game like this, that's probably 200 plus hours long and probably has the kind of depth to where you would want collector's items about it if I think I'm going to love it that mm-hmm. much that's kind of what drives me behind it I won't do it for just anything it has to be something that I think that 200 hours later I'm going to be like oh thank god I have an art <laughs> book with all these characters in it because I love them you know Got that it. kind of thing Got it. but we come from a time where role playing games you could play with one hand while sipping a cup of coffee they were turn based yeah. they allowed you to strategize and that's why we fell in love with the genre the whole and god i hate the overused term but hack and Mm -hmm. slash it it seems like it's going to be that but it's not because the characters are auto attacking you're moving them around the targets you're hitting one button commands to launch you know spells techniques and abilities as they come out of cooldown or as they charge up but it is taking care of the attacking for you so I want to say it strangely blurs a line between those two styles, which I guess is okay. I'm not saying I'm 100% on it. I'm trying to uh, let it grow on me. It's definitely better than I thought I was going to get. But so far, I think it's something that I'm really going to enjoy, and being a newcomer to the series, technically, because although I've had them, I haven't put them in. Some people may think that discredits me from being able to review uh, or explain what I'm seeing here. (laughs) But yeah, if anything, it gives me more of a non-biased review on it coming at and not being a fanboy or girl of the previous ones, I can tell you exactly what I'm looking here having been a long time RPG fanatic I think it's perfectly valid yep. And make sure that you understand, if you are one too, what you're getting into I if you're you, think you are well credentialed well credentialed to comment.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, how about you, John? Have you been playing anything lately?
2: You know, I did. I played all the way
0: through something. Whoa. And I play through some stuff that I don't even mention sometimes because it's throwaway, and I didn't know what this would be, but I came across this game on Steam called Event Zero. Um, did I get my quarries out of it? No, I probably, it's 20 bucks and I probably played it for five hours and I'm done and I'll never go back to it. Huh. But the novel thing about it is it has some embedded AI. It's almost like playing Zork.
1: Really? Oh, wow.
0: So so it's a first-person game, but you don't do a damn thing. Oh. <laughs> you can't pick anything up. Huh. You can't touch anything. All you can do is walk around, but everywhere on the ship, there are these terminals where you talk to the AI, and you ask the AI to do things. You say, you know, open airlock this, or can you enable code this, or there's some mini-games that you play on the terminal, but it's in-game. You turn you face the terminal and start typing, and you're interacting with this AI. And it reminds me, we talked about text adventures, like Zork, right. in one of our backtracks. And it's like that. It's kind of the humor where you say the wrong thing, and it has some built-in kind of kickbacks at you. And uh, if you ask it enough stuff, they'll, uh, you can learn backstory about the space station you're stranded on. It didn't have to be graphical at all. It could have just been a text adventure. It reminded me a little bit of, like... Uh, uh Planet Fall, I oh, think, okay. was the name yeah, of a text yeah, yeah. adventure wow. that was just strictly text adventure, and you could imagine everything. I think you were a space janitor, yep. and you were stranded on this ship. Yeah. Again, you're stranded on this ship in Event Zero. But the entire course of the game, you can't do anything. All you do is ask the
1: computer to do stuff. You can't pick anything up. There's no inventory. So when you type into the computer, is it giving you options or you just type freeform?
0: Oh no, no. It's it's open form. Wow. You have a prompt. Really?
1: Start typing. That's interesting.
0: And sometimes you get to do a little programming. I love it. Like you learn like some uh, some batch scripts to run, like you learn a program called profiler.sh and then you feed it a variable and you're messing with the AI because you're like hacking into its programming a little bit. Oh, wow, okay, that's pretty cool. Every terminal you can go, you can say, read logs. You can see some logs and history of, but everyone's gone from the space station. What happened? You have to learn. As a throwback, I just kept getting this really cool Infocom text adventure vibe out of it. Oh, that's pretty cool. Because there was never a place where I don't need the crowbar, I don't have to find a key. Everything is based on talking with this AI and learning information and traveling around the space station. That's really intriguing. Yeah, you to do some EVA stuff, too. You can uh, go outside and you have a limited amount of oxygen to fly around and there are terminals out on the
2: outside of the ship. Okay, you got me interested. You know, I'm somebody that really enjoyed... Mm text-based adventure games, because obviously, that's how old we're getting to be now. That's correct. I played a lot of Colossal Cave Adventure mm-hmm, yeah. back in the oh, day, yeah. if you remember that, and still have different versions of that on my Atari ST. That's something that we will be taking a retrospective look at in the not-too-distant future on my channel. And So when you start talking text adventure games, you've uh, you've got my attention. So if you have anything in your DNA, like we do, that has to do with the
0: old text adventures, give you kind of that vibe without having to sit and stare at a screen, you can do plenty of type but it's a pretty neat uh, experience. It's different and a, kind of a throwback while still being a new game. Before we get
2: out of games, Murr, I believe you had one more that you want to talk a little bit about, yeah? There is, and uh, again, it may sound like old news because most people have picked up their copy of Assassin's Creed Origins already. And if they haven't, they still are well aware of what it is and what it does i had the opportunity to look at this game in a way that maybe not everybody has yet there was a section in a mission of this game that was supposed to trigger a cutscene and transport you to the area in which this would all take place great well it didn't happen i was still in the opening area Mm -hmm. siwa or whatever they call it i'm looking at the map to Alexandria, and it's literally the width of the continent away from me. And I'm like, this can't be right. So I'm looking around <laughs> on forums and whatnot, and apparently there is a glitch on this one quest. Oh, no. I'm not dogging the game, don't get me wrong. The best, largest games have to have glitches. It comes with the territory. But this particular one did not trigger the cutscene and put me where I needed to be. Oh. So here I'm like, oh my god, how am I going to get there? And I said, there has to be edges to these respective areas. So I I do the most sensible thing I can do. I jack some guy's camel (laughs) and I I start riding. I mean, what what other conclusion (laughs) can we arrive at? I'm galloping and I'm galloping into just nothingness, into sands and dunes and sandstorms. And yet you're still finding things. There's bandit camps, Mm -hmm. there's monuments, there's things, but it's like... I'm looking for the edge, and I'm thinking I'm finding it, and just when I think I'm finding it, I don't, and I'm still stretching into this desert, and I'm riding through Libya now <laughs> on Camelback, and I'm, and the scenes are changing, and it's like, I know this is going to take an hour and a half, if I can even get where I'm going at best, but I'm looking at the scenery, and it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Gorgeous. And I'm thinking, you know, think of the game Desert Bus, where you just drive the bus through the desert and nothing else happens. (laughs) It was making me think of that until all the scenery started unfolding and I get into these lush landscapes of the other countries. I'm literally going across Africa on Camelback. And although it's a glitch or a bug, I'm feeling richer for having had the experience. I'm riding all the way to Alexandria. So this wasn't something that they expected you to do at all. And so what it did for me, and why I would almost recommend it to people, even if they don't suffer the same fate with that bug, is because it allows you to see the grand scheme of of how large overall this open world is. While it seemed like it was going to be the worst thing ever, it really showed me what kind of nuts this game was bringing i mean it was just really amazing yeah. what i thought was going to be a complaint about it actually allowed me to give more compliments about the game than i ever thought i was going to be able to give it
1: i'm captain og Reborn. my motto is tried and true read a book today i bet you'll say O.G. Oh, <laughs> i'll read more too <laughs>
0: Before we end the show, we always like to do one look at what things are coming out between now and two weeks from now in our next podcast that we're looking forward to. So I'll open up the
1: floor. Okay, I'm going to try not to get too excited about this one. Brace yourself. It's the new Doctor Who Christmas special which I know is not for everyone's taste but for me it's like I've been watching these scenes since I was a kid you know the big thing is that I don't know if you guys are familiar or not with Doctor Who but the Christmas special is generally where they actually do like major changes. Oh really? Okay. So this Christmas special is when the existing Doctor dies and the new Doctor replaces him.
0: Now is this a did I see right? Is this a in the theater event thing? They're, or? they're doing
1: both. It's gonna be on TV Christmas Day. Okay. But it's actually gonna be they're gonna do a special like theater showing where they show that and then the making of and a whole bunch of other stuff. They say it's a big deal and of course there's a lot of controversy because the new Doctor's a woman? I had heard that, yeah.
0: I know just enough about Doctor Who to be dangerous. Uh, <laughs> my longtime friend and roommate, he uh, was a huge Doctor Who fan. He keeps trying to get me into it. I don't dislike Doctor Who and I know he regenerates. I know how they change the actors. This is another one of those pivotal moments where they are doing the transition. Yes. Because right? I've, I've seen a lot of those because those are very emotional for people. They get involved in the, in the, the actor who's playing him.
1: Yeah, because essentially that actor is dying for all its purposes, right? And that right, they're yeah. dying and they're coming back. So that person is gone. Capalti, who's the current doctor? I mean, he's been it for three years now. He's he's been a very different than the previous doctors, and this next one obviously going to be even more different. Like I say mm. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Change is good and healthy. That's right.
2: Mur, how about you? What are you looking forward to? Chomping at the bit. Well, I say I was chomping at the bit. At I still am, and we'll talk about what changed. But uh, Nino Kuni Two Revenant Kingdom Collector's Edition which was slated for late January it has now been pushed back oh, into a March release which you know I'm, Oh we know that pain. And and that's yeah. okay. If they need more time to round out what is obviously yet again another 200 plus hour freaking RPG go right ahead because we want a quality product. It's still something to be excited about though. So I still want to talk about it because we are getting the 200 Frickin' dollar collector's edition wow Ooh. yeah it's swinging some some weight there uh, that we will <laughs> unbox on the channel it's got statues it's got soundtracks it's got art books it's got cardboard fold-out thingies i think god knows what it's probably a kitchen sink in there it's it's probably going to be humongous <laughs> the only reason I'm going in so hard on this one, too, is because I missed out on the first Nino Kuni. All the originals, collector's stuff is very expensive now at auction. I did not have a PS3 at the time that that game released, so that kind of excluded me from getting in on it, although it was very interesting. Uh, Studio Ghibli. Everybody knows what that is. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yep. And what that brought, obviously, with a fantastic story and the fantastic art style, about a little boy named Oliver. And I've waited so long to play this. I have my own little boy named Oliver now, and he's yes, you do sixteen months old. So enough time has gone <laughs> by where I need to get into this Dead series. We're gonna play a little of the first one on the channel. Not that anyone needs to see that, but just in preparation for the second one and talking about what the second one's bringing to the table because it is not. A collaboration with studio ghibli but it does have the same character designer and music guy from my uh, understanding so it's not going to be that far removed from it i don't think they have talked about changing the combat style so i'm going to learn something and then right away everything i know will be wrong change confuses and frightens me if it was right the first time <laughs> Don't think you need to amaze us with smoke and mirrors. Keep it the same. But maybe they know what they're doing. At a glance, the gameplay, it's hack and slashy. Now, I'm not going to judge it. It still may work. But there again, if we changed to that, I think the first one was still somewhat that style. But I hope we didn't go any closer to that than we already were and there's going to still be some turn-based elements in there but the artwork is just beautiful and immediately you get the idea that you're going to love the story you're going to care about the characters and combat's just whatever there'll be plenty of it they'll be grinding but it it looks like something i very much want to be a part of and i've always believed i was going to love the series no matter what so i'm, I'm doing some catch-up not unlike what i'm doing with xenoblade we're going to check out the big box. We're going to check out the gameplay, and I hope I'm going to love it as much as I think I do.
0: Sounds like you have gone all in, that's for sure.
2: Oh, yeah. The big collector yep. set. It is. It just looks amazing. There's a stuffed animal in there, which my daughter Molly is excited about. She absconds with all my stuffed animals from like my Persona Collector's Edition. I'll find them missing from my shelf, and she'll have them in bed with her asleep. And I was like, give me that no Now, back. Mer,
0: you're a grown man. You don't need to be but, having all these toys and games everywhere. Come on. I, I do, too. Just (laughs) Don't tell anyone I have them.
2: Love comic books? Then check out Parlapod, the podcast for die hard fans. We've got interviews. Hi, this is Kelly Jones. Hi, everybody. This is
0: John Semper. This is Ming Chun. Hey, this is Tim Seeley. Hey, folks, this is Brian O'Halloran.
2: Hey, what up? This is Jason Muse,
0: and you're listening to Parlapod.com comic book podcast. Snooks to the news. Reviews. These covers are, are blowing me away. Oh, so.
2: The concept is just too darn good. I wish they had done a better job with it. And all the comic book news you. need to know about Mark
0: Strong is in talks to play the
2: villain Dr. Savannah all in man. He was a great Sinestro too. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, Google play. And it's always free to download. Follow us on social media at Parlapod. Fresh episodes every Wednesday morning, just in time for your trip to the local comic book store. Harlepon. we are your source for everything comic book related give us a listen today
0: hey had a great time with you guys we talked about a lot of cool stuff remember down in the show notes we'll always put links to anything that you might want to read a little more on so take a look down there
1: after the show don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app whether it's pocketcast google play or itunes
0: and speaking of itunes uh, it'd be really helpful if you would duck into iTunes, give us that five-star review, or whatever you think we deserve. Five stars. Probably five. Yeah, I think it's five. And uh, most importantly, they'll leave us a review. That helps people to find us because yeah. it drives us up their mythical algorithm and up in the charts. Uh, and tell a friend about the show. If you're listening, it's probably because you're geeky enough to listen. You might have a friend <laughs> who likes the same kind of stuff. Let them know about it. And you can always email us at
1: podcast at genxgrownup.com. Don't forget that you know we have a YouTube channel, so please come visit us there or you can check us out on our site which is genxgrownup.com
0: and of course we had MC Murr here Mur, tell our listeners how they can find you and all of your awesome content on the interwebs
2: my content is right there for you on the MC Murr show on YouTube you can find me by looking me up look up E M U R, and I will come right up And all that goodness will be there for you to absorb. (laughs) I wholeheartedly recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. Come have some fun with me. Get in the conversations, talk. Love to have a conversation with you. We uh, burn up the comment sections night and day, talking about the things we unbox, the things we find. Look back on some of the past episodes; we're still talking about some of that stuff. And as an MC, rapping is what I'm here to do. Let's talk. I don't
0: know why people are interested in grown men playing with toys and games. It really just eludes me. But they are. I don't yeah. know who, who would be interested in that sort of thing. Me? Oh, us. That's right. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for taking the time to get together. Mo, as always. Oh yeah, it was fun.
2: And MC Murr, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it was it was my pleasure, and thank you for having me. It was it was. So we're gonna
0: do this again in two weeks, but. We also have a backtrack in just one week. Oh, yeah. Mer, if I were to tell you that we're going to talk about Christmas TV specials, would you join us? I would. It's a done deal. <laughs> All right. So we'll see you in two weeks on the show and in one week on the backtrack Christmas TV specials. Until then, I'll see you next
2: time. Bye-bye, guys. See ya. See you next time.